Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany. Um, This is going to be a special episode that I'm doing, and I'm going to drop it today, all in the same day. Uh, We are actually about 16, maybe 17. I don't know. I'm not really good with numbers and stuff like that. Tomorrow is a very, very big day, pro wrestling-wise. Tomorrow we have the all-out pay-per-view, the AEW all-out pay-per-view. Um, this is going to be a major one because not only is it their, like one of their bigger pay-per-views with Revolution and Full Gear and I believe and Double or Nothing. I just remembered it right then and there. With the Double or Nothing pay-per-view going on, um, I'm actually going to be going to this pay-per-view tomorrow. It's going to be held at Hoffman Estates, Illinois, outside of Chicago. So this is going to be major. This is going to be my second AEW event. Because my first AEW event, um, of those of you who have not listened to my last episode about the recent pro wrestling weekend we had last month, um, I went to Rampage, which is considered, which (laughs) I'm saying is my first AEW event. So this one is very big, and one of the major reasons that has gotten the whole pro wrestling world in a buzz and kind of gotten everything up into a tizzy is this is going to be the first time in seven years that CM Punk is going to wrestle in front of a live crowd since leaving WWE. So this is huge. This is going to be in front of his home crowd. This is going to be a very, very major event. So these are a couple of my predictions. So recently there was a change to one of them. So in the, so before the change happened, it was originally supposed to be the Women's Casino Battle Royale um, that was going to be on the buy-in show. But that got moved to the main show because they were supposed to have a match between Andrade El Idolo versus Pac. And I think Pac was experiencing some travel issues, so he was unable to make it. So instead, it's going to be the Casino Women's uh, Battle Royale is going to be on the main show. And the buy-in is actually going to be a 10-man tag team match. And it's going to be Orange Cassidy, Wheeler Yuta, Chuck Taylor, and Jurassic Express versus, I believe, the Matt Hardy's uh, HFO, which I think is going to be the Blade uh, private party, Matt Hardy, and I think, and Helico, I want to say, but it's members of the HFO, basically, so that one's going to be on the buy-in, and they're going to move the, um, Women's Casino Battle Royale to the main roster, for the main, uh, show, so, um, I'm excited for this show, there's a lot of matches I'm looking forward to, the builds have been amazing, um, I'm just going to give, like, my predictions before the show starts, and then I may, or may not do an episode following like um, how All Out went. And then my friend Naomi, who's a, a I want to say permanent uh, co-host or a rotating co-host here on my uh, podcast. She's been a big help. This is going to be her first wrestling event in about, I want to say, 20 years or so. Because she, kind of like most people, is a lapsed fan. Um, she hasn't really kept up with the product. So once I told her that I'm going and I was going to go by myself because I didn't know if anybody was going to be able to come with me. Um, she said, Hey, I'll go with you. And yeah, so tomorrow we're going to go. It's going to be a big event. It's going to be so much fun. Like I've been looking forward to this weekend. Um, so far they've been in Chicago these, uh, this whole week because, um, they were in Chicago in the now arena, same arena. 
Um, September 1st, they shot Dynamite. September 3rd, they shot Rampage. And the 5th, they're going to be there tomorrow. So, this is going to be major. So, let me start with the buy-in. Um, I just frankly think Orange Cassidy, um, Wheeler Yuta, Chuck Taylor, and Jurassic Express is going to win. Because I like Orange Cassidy. Like, I really like what's going on between this feud. Um, there's a lot of intricate parts. I love the way AEW sort of has multiple storylines going on at once. Because you have, like, the stuff going on with Jurassic Express, um, feuding with, like, um, the Young Bucks, and then you had them feuding also with the HFO because you had Christian, who's also a part of, like, um, kind of teamed with Jurassic Express, and he's kind of, um, carried along his whole thing and kind of picked up with them. Um, so I'm interested to see in that. I'm really interested to see how this is going to go. This is going to be a big five, uh, 10-man tag match, so yeah, my pick is Orange Cassidy, um, Wheeler Yuta, Chuck Taylor, and Jurassic Express. So those are my picks for that prediction. Uh, next we have, this one's going to be a very major one because this one, I like how with the builds with AEW, it could be anyone's game. Like, everyone is so good, you never, like, I can never correctly predict like AEW shows like ever because it's anyone's game. It leaves you with enough like doubt to think, you know, Chris Jericho, this segment for Chris Jericho's um, match, it's Chris Jericho versus MJF and it's called the final fight. Basically, Chris Jericho challenged MJF to one last match. And if Chris Jericho loses this match, he's going to retire wrestling from AEW and just going to go straight to the commentary team. Now, I listened to Busted Open Radio, and he was on it yesterday's episode, and he clarified he'll still be able to wrestle. He's not retiring. It's just that he's not going to wrestle for AEW, which I would be very sad to see because I'm a very big Chris Jericho fan. Um, he's one of those guys that I love the fact that he's always changing his character depending on, you know, whenever he gets a feeling like his character is just getting, like, it's getting stale or he feels the need to change it, you always see him come out of nowhere. Him and Matt Hardy are the perfect examples for that, for always changing your character and always, evol like, stepping up your game depending on what part of your career you're in. Um, the Undertaker's really good at it. Um, Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho are on that top tier for me of like wrestlers who continue to change and evolve as their career progresses. So I want Chris Jericho to win because I want to see what other matches and possibly somewhere down the line we get Chris Jericho versus CM Punk again. I'm super excited for that. So I would love to see that. But on the other hand, MJF is really good. Like, he could be in the ring a lot more, excuse me, but I think MJF may be able to pull this off because when they got to the fifth labor of Jericho, everyone assumed he was just going to win it because he beat Nick Gage, he beat he beat Juventud Guerrero, he beat uh, Wardlow, what was and he beat Sean Spears, so you're kind of like, okay, he has four, he, he beat labor one two three four he's gonna win this fifth one against mjf and he taps out to mjf and it's like wow this this is nuts so 
I'm pulling for Chris Jericho to win. Also, I, I'm super excited to sing Judas live with a bunch of other people. So this should be exciting and a sold out crowd too. So I'm super excited for that. So my pick is Chris Jericho. Um, I think John Moxley's going to win his match. Um, I'm super excited to see that because who isn't excited to see John Moxley wrestle? Now, um, this is going to be a big one because I see, <laughs> I, I remember, I think I was watching Rampage last night and he was in sort of like a media thing, uh, during Rampage and his opponent, hold on, I got to pull up his opponent's name because the name's slipping my mind. I kind of wrote down all the people I thought was going to win. So hold on one second. Okay, so it's John Moxley versus Satoshi Kojima. So I'm not too familiar with Kojima. I kind of picked John Moxley because I don't know too much, and there's probably going to be a lot of people out there cursing me out and basically saying, how do you not know who Kojima is? I don't watch New Japan. I honestly don't watch New Japan. And I would like to watch New Japan because I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of good wrestling and I feel like the today in today's age there's a lot of good wrestling out there so I only just picked John Moxley for the home team advantage because um I like AEW so I'm gonna go with the home team so my pick is John Moxley uh next uh we have the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks so this one is another one I was talking about where it could be anyone's game it honestly could be anyone's game. The Young Bucks have been dominant for like 300 plus days now as their as the tag team champions. So it could be definitely anyone's game. Do I think this would be the time for them to lose their championships? Who knows? Who the who, who knows? Um after a, almost a year plus long reign, yeah, I would like to see the Lucha Brothers like win the tag titles because they have this storied history. I think they said dating back to like 2019 where it's all, where you just, you have two, it's pretty simple. It's a family affair. You have two sets of brothers fighting for tag team championships. Brothers as tag teams are as a tale as old as time. And you have two very physical tag teams in the Lucha Brothers and in the Young Bucks. The Lucha Brothers obviously are kind of like the favorite to win because you know, this is the Lucha Brothers. You're talking about Ray Phoenix and Penta El Zero Miedo. It's like, how can you not love those guys? Like, Ray Phoenix is just out of this world doing stuff in the ring that you've never seen before. Like, it's maddening. Like, I haven't seen anybody move in the ring the way he does since, like, Ricochet. <laughs> so, I, and, you know, there are some people that are probably going to think, oh, yeah, Ray Phoenix is better. I don't really care. This is my opinion. I'm just going to say this. Ray Phoenix is out here doing stuff that I never thought would be possible in a ring. And I would definitely am very excited to see what happens next. So, um, my pick is the Lucha Brothers. I think it's their time. I think they're going to do amazing things if and when they do become champions. No offense to the Young Bucks. They're a very dominant team. They're the EVPs, the extremely violent people, as they call themselves. So, like I said, AEW is really good at doing builds where it's anyone's win. It's anyone's game. You can go either way. I'm not going to be disappointed in who wins and who loses when it comes to this event, but my picks for the Lucha Brothers. Uh, next, we have Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander for the AEW Women's World Championship. I 
gotta give it to Britt Baker. Like, she's been kicking ass. She's definitely, this is definitely her time. And I'm not saying this because we kind of have the same first name. But I think, you know, Chris Statlander, Dominant, is slowly becoming one of my favorite female wrestlers on this roster. Aside from, like, Jay Cargill and Tay Conti. Um, I'm super happy Anna Jay is back. Um, this is anyone's, um, actually... Yeah, this is another one where it could be anyone's game, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of these women that are really doing some solid work. Chris Statlander is definitely, like, showing that she belongs there. She's really showing that she has that killer instinct. She's showing that fight. Um, we already saw with her Rampage match, it was her, Jamie Hayter, um, and Rebel versus Chris Statlander in, in a two-on-one handicap match. Now, the only thing that I can see possibly happening is some interference. Or some type of distraction, but AEW is really good at not doing distraction finishes and stuff like that. So I'm I'm not going to worry too much about it and I'm not going to give um, too much credence to that. But I'm going to give it to Britt Baker with all that being said. She's solid. She's a hardworking champion. You know, she's one of the toughest women out there. So I can definitely see Britt Baker pulling this off now. Uh, with that being said, I'm going to dive into the um, Women's Casino Battle Royale. Um, I have a theory as to who the Joker card might be. My guess is Ruby Soho because with all the... She's been killing it on Twitter because I've been seeing the videos. And man, I love the use of Ruby Soho because I'm a big Rancid fan. So like to see the music and AEW right now is getting real good at licensing music, which I love to see. It's an amazing thing. So I'm guessing the Joker, this is just me speculating. I'm pulling for um, Ruby Soho to be the Joker. But as far as who I think should go after the championship and win the match, I'm going to go Thunder Rosa. Because eventually we were going to have to round this back out to Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. We were going to have to come back to it eventually. Because I think out of the current roster of women, Thunder Rosa does pose a more credible threat to Britt Baker in the possibility that she could beat Britt Baker for the championship. Nyla Rose, like, she, she went through Nyla Rose and beat Nyla Rose for that Um I was, like, my second one would have to be Jade Cargill, but I don't think she's, like, she has to build up more reps in her um, game to do that. Now, not to say that she's not a badass woman. She is. She is, like, she, she she's like the female Terminator. I swear to God, she'll kick everyone's ass. But I just feel like it'll come. Like, I, I'm happy with the progression all of these wrestlers are making. Like, you know, like, you you want them to be good, and you know they're going to be good. But right now, maybe in a year or so, you have that faith behind them that they are going to get better. So my pick for the Casino Women's Battle Royale, I'm picking Thunder Rosa to win it. So we can round that back. So we can build up that thing again. So um, I'm interested in that. Uh, the next one. Uh, this one... I want to say it's anyone's game, but I'm really pulling for Eddie Kingston. It, um, the next one is the for the TNT Championship. It's Eddie Kingston versus Miro. Now, Eddie Miro called out Eddie Kingston. This isn't like the way um, 
Cody did it when he was TNT champion, and he just made it an open challenge. No, Miro was out here calling people out. He called out, I think it was Brian Pillman Jr., and he beat him. He called out Evil Uno, and he beat him. Called out Fuego Del Sol and beat him. Fuego still got the contract, but he still beat him. And for this next one, Eddie Kingston, I'm definitely pulling for Eddie Kingston. Especially after last night's uh, episode of Rampage, I'm definitely pulling for Eddie Kingston to win. Eddie Kingston, out of nowhere, has become one of my favorites on AEW. Just top 10 one of my favorites. He can talk in the mic. He's ferocious. He's a likable dude. I love Eddie Kingston, so I'm pulling for Eddie Kingston to win, hands down. Uh, Next... I really wasn't too interested in this one. This is uh the next one's Paul White versus QT Marshall or Marshall, whatever you want to call it. I mean, I get how they're kind of picking up steam with it because they have the whole like, oh, you're gonna like the whole thing. QT comes out and, and like calls out Paul White, and Paul White is like out there beating up the guys, and then they have new members in the um the factory. And they really didn't name who the guys are. I don't know who they are. If anybody knows who they are, you can just, you know, uh, reply to this when I drop it and say it on, like, when I drop it and share it on Twitter. Uh, can you, like, tell me who the two other guys are? Because I know it's Aaron Solo and Rick, uh, Nick Camarado and QT Marshall. Also, real quick, where is Anthony Agogo? Like, he had that match with Cody and then he just disappeared. Where is Anthony Agogo? Anyway, um, but I digress. Um, I, and then you had the whole thing where the gun club came out and then they turned on the, they turned on Paul White. So I don't know where that came from or why that was actually a thing, but who knows? It's anyone's guess. So my guess is just going to be Paul White. (laughs) That's pretty much it. I really don't have that much interest. Like, I like Paul White. QT Marshall is trying really hard. People really do hate this dude, so I'm just gonna go with, um, I'm gonna go with Paul White. Uh, next we have, this one's gonna be a tough one. (laughs) This one's really gonna be tough. It's the AEW World Championship match. Now, I'm not saying, this one is definitely gonna be the main event, um, because I think the second to last match will be CM Punk versus Darby Allin. And I'll get to that in a second. But if we, if I'm going to talk about the Kenny Omega versus Christian match for the AEW World Championship in a steel cage. I just want to say this has got to be the biggest um, steel cage I've seen. This is like... This is like war game steel cage match. Because this, this match is... This steel cage is high. This is like... A steel cage match on steroids, it's so bloody high. Like, my goodness gracious. So, this one is a tough one to call in my book. Kenny Omega has been a very dominant champion. Been a very... I can't even get the words out because it's it's that amazing. (laughs) He's been a very dominant champion since beating Jon Moxley. Um, I want to say, what was it, like a year maybe no it wasn't a year it just feels like a year I think it was back in March when he beat him or earlier in March I can't remember I'm bad with (laughs) dates but I will say this I am excited to see where we go from here and Christian versus Kenny Omega this 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 is major because 
Christian has already beaten Kenny for the Impact World title. But with that being said, Kenny has been dominating, like single-handedly been dominating as AEW champion. Um, he's knocked down every competitor that's come against him. He plays really good mind games. Then on top of that, you have the elite behind him and you have Don Callis involved. But since it's a steel cage, it's meant to leave the elite and Don Callis out. So this is going to be an interesting one. This one's going to be a very tough one to call down the middle. Now, with that being said, my pick is Kenny Omega. Just because he's been dominating. And then you kind of play into the whole idea of, like, is this really the time and the place for him to lose that title? Could be a good time and place. Could be. It could be. It could be. It could not. I honestly don't know. That's why I like about... That's one thing I like about AEW. It keeps me on my toes. It makes me, like, feel like I'm not really sure... If this is going to work or not. If he can beat him or not. He's beat him once. But still. This is Kenny Omega. You're talking about the belt collector. This man will fight tooth and nail to keep any type of title. I mean. Aside from him losing the Impact title. But that's another story. So yeah. I'm really enjoying how AEW is kind of keeping me on my toes. And I think I just said that already. But who cares. (laughs) I'm really enjoying what they're doing, keeping me on my toes. So it's anyone's game. So I'm excited. I'm very excited. This is going to be a major event. This is going to be fun. And with last but not least, CM Punk versus Darby Allin. This is the first time I saw CM Punk wrestle. I believe it was against Chris Jericho, and it was at Extreme Rules 2012. This was the first WWE event I had ever went to. Like, I had been watching on television for, like, years, and I never would have thought I'd be able to, like, go to an event, like, an actual live event, and see this happen. So, this was big. So, it was WWE Extreme Rules 2012. It was at the Allstate Arena over in Rosemont, Illinois. Uh, I went with... Me, my friend Ryan, Ahmed, and Ramon, and it was a blast. We had so much fun. Sad thing was, we had to leave uh, early. So we had to leave before the main event, which was Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. This was like right around the time when Brock Lesnar had came back, and he was in that feud. Because it was shortly after that, it was The Rock versus John Cena. For I want to say the second time, because they said it was a once-in-a-lifetime match, and they did it twice. So I'm not going to harp on that. Uh, but yeah, it was right around that time, which was an interesting time. And it, this was like CM Punk at the height of his, like, it was at the height of his career at this point. This is after the pipe bomb. This is like when the dude was firing on all cylinders. He was the hottest thing going in WWE. Then two years later, he leaves. So yeah, going back to my original. But yeah, oh my goodness. This is, so it had been like, 11 years since I've seen CM Punk wrestle live, I want to say. Because I think I, I wasn't really going to... I remember going to Monday Night Raw, but I can't remember if I've ever seen CM Punk wrestle live a couple... Like, yeah, I don't remember ever seeing him wrestle live any time before that. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing thing to just watch somebody you had... I'm I'm just going to go into how much I love CM Punk. I, I really was so, like, taken aback when he had left. Because I don't think I delved into this as much. 
So, because I remember I was listening to Busted Open and one of the hosts, Ryan McKinnell, and he was talking about how much of an impact Ryan McKinnell, not Ryan McKinnell, uh, how much CM Punk had had an effect on him getting back into wrestling. And then it, it really resonated with me because at that time, you know, I was just getting into watching WWE. This was like, if you listen back to my previous episode, how I got into professional wrestling, like, me and my brothers got into it, like, right around 2005, 2006, like, late 2005. This was back years ago. And right around that time when they, right around that time when we started wrestling, watching wrestling, um, uh, EC, they had brought ECW back. Later on, it would be known as, like, WC, uh, what was it, WWECW. But this was the early stages, you know, it was still, like, Hey, let's capitalize all off of the DVD, The Rise and Fall of ECW. They did One Night Stand. Let's capitalize off of that. And one of their wrestlers, one of the newer guys, was CM Punk. Now, already, you had a guy with tattoos. He had the piercing. He had the jet black hair, the Pepsi logo on his shoulder. And, like, he was from Chicago. And another thing that really appealed to me was the fact that the guy was like, I don't... His gimmick was he doesn't drink, he doesn't smoke, and he doesn't do drugs. And it was the straight-edge lifestyle that he had been leading um, most of his life. And it really just resonated with me because it, this was a dude I could get behind. He was punk rock. Hell, his his theme music at the time or his entrance music was Kill Switch Engage. And I was just now at that point starting to get a bit into rock and metal. So hearing his music and listening to this fire, um, it was amazing. It was just like all, it was just, it was just hitting all on all cylinders right then and there. It was like, check, check, check. The guy's from Chicago, jet black hair. He's a punk rock dude. He's straight edge. That all checked my boxes. And he was a really cool dude. And he was a dude that like, personified what I was kind of looking up to at the time because you did have Jeff Hardy but CM Punk was just a whole nother monster so seeing this guy and just witnessing his elevation seeing him cash in his money in the bank on edge was like major for me this just seeing this dude having his t-shirt was so cool and I was so excited to like see this dude live because I had been following his career at that point because I didn't know he wrestled for ring of honor hell I didn't even know there was any other promotions outside of WWE at that time all I knew was CM Punk was my guy And man, it came out of nowhere, 2014 hits, and he quits. Then later on, the podcast of him and Colt Cabana comes out of the reason why he left. And then I remember, it was like a year later in 2015, I'm going to my first C2E2, and like they announced CM Punk is going to be there, and I'm like, oh my god, this will be my first time ever meeting this guy. And I got my picture with him. And like I said, this is a year after he had left already. And he's still getting these questions from people. When are you going to come back to wrestling? When are you going to come back to wrestling? And, you know, some him being a good sport and everything, he would laugh it off and, like, just joke about it or kind of play it off. But you could kind of see he was aware, like, this is a major thing. This was, like, a major thing for a lot of fans. Like, their guy was this guy. He dropped the pipe bomb. He did a lot of rebellious stuff. And he wasn't supposed to make it. A guy like him wasn't supposed to make it. And here he was proving everyone wrong, giving people hope, giving people hope 
a guy, and then that's another part of the story. Darby Allen was a huge CM Punk fan because he saw a guy like CM Punk and Darby Allen being who he is, he was like, yeah, I can get behind this dude. I'm straight edge. I like punk rock music. Like, I can get behind this dude. And he leaves. He just quits. As soon as Darby starts getting into the business, CM Punk drops off the face of the earth, says he's not wrestling anymore. Seven years go by. And then one night, it changes the wrestling world forever. And he comes back and says, I'm back. And he signs with AEW. And he calls out Darby Allin. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's like wrestling has a funny way of making dream matches happen. Like making stuff you never thought would possibly happen, happen. And seeing CM Punk wrestle for the first time for me, not in seven years... I'm talking live, like, 10, 11 years for me. It's, yeah, 11 years. I have not seen him wrestle live. And this will be the first time he's in the ring, so, of course, he has that nervousness. He's gone on and said, like, he's nervous. He may even, dare he say, scared. I got to go with the hometown hero. I got to go with my personal hero, one of my favorite personal heroes. I got to go with CM Punk. No offense to Darby Allin, but... This is CM Punk we're talking about. This is a guy who changed professional wrestling and probably wasn't supposed to happen. This was supposed to never happen. This guy was never supposed to be as big as he was, and he did. And he did his shit his way. So for me, I gotta go with I gotta go with CM Punk. Point blank period. I love Darby, and trust me, leading up to this weekend, I had a hard time deciding whether I should wear my Darby shirt or a CM Punk shirt, and I'm going to wear my CM Punk shirt. So, those are my picks, and those are my predictions for what's going to happen at All Out. You never know. With everything going on in the air, uh, you already got the rumors of, like, oh, Daniel Bryan may show up. You already got the rumors of what if uh, Adam Cole shows up. What if Bray Wyatt shows up? Dan- so you got Brian Danielson up in the air. You got Adam Cole up in the air. You got Bray Wyatt in the air who's now going by Wyndham. It's anyone's game at this point. I mean, hell, Buddy Murphy apparently is signed or the rumor around the water cooler or the wrestling ring is Buddy Murphy signed with Impact and so did Braun Strowman. So who knows? Um... It's going to be, professional wrestling is getting interesting, ladies and gentlemen, and my non-binary people. It is getting interesting. It is getting very, very interesting, and it is a very exciting time to be a pro wrestling fan. It's not a good time, it's an exciting time. Yes, it's good, but man, this, it's like, it's like the 1990s all over again, man. It's like everything comes back in style. And it's it's getting very interesting. You got all this stuff with the future of NXT up in the air. You got everything going on with AEW who continues to grow. And it's not and it hasn't been even two years yet. All this major stuff happening within AEW and it's not been two years yet. Next month it'll be two years. And if you look at what they've been managing to do, what they've been able to pull off in such a short amount of time is amazing, and I'm super excited to see where it goes in the future. But for right now, there's only tomorrow, and tomorrow is AEW All Out. So with that being said, this has been the Status Alternative Podcast. My name is Brittany. You can follow me on Twitter at RollMarterX. 
You can also find me on Instagram at RollMarterX. Um, you can like, share, subscribe. I don't know all that good sh- stuff I see on YouTube. Um, if you want to leave me a voice message through the Anchor app, you can. I'm happy to hear any voice messages. If you're just a random listener and a first-time listener, hey, welcome. Enjoy the ride because this is about to get crazy. Um, but yeah, I mostly always talk about uh, anime, professional wrestling, comics, and rock and metal music. I should definitely get more into talking about metal music and new metal news actually this is totally off topic but hey i felt like sharing one of my new favorite bands uh blood youth the lead singer is quitting the band he's leaving the band which is crazy to me because i just saw i just now started getting into them they started releasing singles but the lead singer is leaving and eventually I will get into an episode on why I have a problem, not a problem, but it's hard for me to continue listening to a band when the lead singer is either gone or has left this earthly plane or something like that. But the way he said it, it's his personal feelings about it. It's his mental um, health. It's for his mental health. So I really don't blame him for that. Take care of yourselves. Um, Always reach out to people if you feel like you need to reach out. But yeah, this has been the Status Alternative Podcast. And I will catch you guys on the next episode. Bye-bye.